Is it a gun that sucks balls? I'm the farting demon in this relationship. <laughs> I'd be an awesome rich person. You're both just an embarrassment. God, I'm awesome today. We're talking Tom Hanks and his vehicle. Yeah, I had my finger in my mouth waiting for you to finish. You gotta get four balls or something? Like dick piercing? <laughs> no, you know damn well I'm fucking that demon. It's still sexy. How could I be close and not be right? Yeah, I'll just kill some random dude. His wishes of blowjob. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another Plotty Time mini So This week, you just got your boy, Papa Scotch, again, and we are dipping into another edition of the Platinum Dissection series. So what is that? I think that's a that's a fair question. If you missed the first one where we went over Mass Effect 3, was it? Yep, Mass Effect 3. Uh, I just sit there, I talk about games that I platinum since I started playing PlayStation again and picking that back up. Uh, there was, there's a phase of my life where I went through and just tried to get as many trophies as humanly possible. Didn't really care if the game was good or bad. I only kind of jumped in if it was easy. There were even games I didn't play or removed altogether because they were too hard to platinum or they didn't have trophies. So I missed a lot of great games in there. Uh, that's part of what Numbskulls is about a little bit, but mostly for this series, uh, I, I'm taking a look back at the 162 date platinums that I have. Uh, randomly assigning a number to each one, randomly picking a number, and then talking about it. And this week, I am talking about the Platinum I got for Resident Evil 5 for the PlayStation 3. Now, it was released March 5th, 2009, and I got my first trophy right around then. So it might have been a couple days later or a week later, but I bought it pretty close to release day. Uh, the reason I did that is because it's I'm really like, it's not a surprise if you listen to this this podcast. I'm a fan of the Resident Evil series. I pl- remember being a kid, and I'm not going to go too deep into my backstory here. It's just, you know, no one cares. But I remember playing Resident Evil 1 OG when it came, probably not right when it came out, a little bit later. Resident Evil 2, I played the shit out of that. Resident Evil 3 was a bunch. Uh, 4, I didn't get right away. That was in a lull of my video gaming past. Uh, there were some years in there. Two or three or four years where I just didn't play many video games at all. I don't know why. I think I was just focused on other stuff at the moment, but I didn't play them. And then I ended up coming back to video games. And when I came back, Resident Evil, I I got into Resident Evil 4, played it, loved it. um, And then I played Resident Evil 5 when it came out release day. I was late to the party on 4, and I was not going to be late for 5. So this game... Uh, it was hyped up a lot because Resident Evil 4 was a big seller. Resident Evil 4 was also a huge departure, uh, a, a big step technologically from 3. It was a huge departure because it was a third-person over-the-shoulder camera, and it was all in a 3D-based environment, which I suppose 1, 2, and 3 were, but not like this. This was a huge technological leap forward, completely different game, different aiming system, and it still to this day, it's a Resident Evil 4 is a very beloved game by a lot of people. I was doing a little bit of research into the story of 4 because I didn't really remember it as well. I had to do a lot into the story of 5. I don't remember that shit. But um, if you're interested in Resident Evil, just like I am, keep listening to this podcast. Uh, we just did 2. We're going to get to 3. We're going to get to 4 and 5. I'm guaranteeing it. I don't know if it's even going to be this year, but it will happen. Uh, I, that's why I don't want to go too much into the story of Resident Evil 5. But... What I will say is that when I was uh, when I randomly got assigned this game and picked it, I started thinking back to when I originally got the Platinum, and I noticed that there was a big gap between the first trophy in the game and the last trophy in the game because I had put it down for a while. I think maybe 
Uh, but this was a game I picked up and played and enjoyed before I decided to really go for Platinums and Trophies. And then I went back to it and Platinum did anyway. Or maybe I felt like I was bored with it. I don't, I don't remember what I was thinking. Just that I do remember the story wasn't great. I remember the game itself was fun, but not perfect. And I remember the Platinum being a pain in the ass. I had to, for this podcast, in order to prepare for this mini-sode, I actually went back and watched a video game movie, uh, just a cutscene movie that they put together with all the cutscenes from Resident Evil 5, and I don't know if I wasn't paying attention, or maybe I was drinking that day, I don't know, but I was, uh, I didn't really retain much of it or remember much of it at all. So, that's probably for the best. I'm not going to go deep into the story at all, because like I said, we're going to go over it in this podcast. I'll get to pop a scotch guarantee Unless the podcast dissolves before then. And even then, I'll probably just do a mini-sode and then call it a day. So, this game, uh, there before I even get to it, there was a bit of a controversy. Uh, which, I don't think I want to get into too much. But basically, it was the idea, uh, when the first trailers came out, you only saw Chris. Chris Redfield from Resident Evil 1. And then he's, he's a, a story in the background in the future Resident Evils, and this is, this is his return. And in all the pre, uh, the previous stuff, the E3 demos, all the all the first announcements, you had this white guy going into Africa, killing a bunch of, bunch of African people. And due to a very not great history of colonization and poor treatment towards Native Africans. This was not seen very positively uh, at all. Uh, it, the the thing to, I, and I'm not going to go into it. You can read about this controversy. I don't want to make this too heavy. This is supposed to be a fun podcast. But basically, the creators were like, oh, God, we didn't even recognize that. And they ended up changing some of the, uh, the enemies in the game to uh, different ethnicities, which they thought would make this okay. And then they supposedly, this is the story, they said that uh, it's, it's a co-op heavy game where you're two players at the same time uh, that are going through most of the story together. You can play as either. Uh, you can have a friend play and split screen as the other. The other character is Sheva. Uh, she's an African person, fr- a native from the area that is on the same strike team as you, and you're working together to do the mission. Uh, they The controversy was that, oh, you just made this African character as well to make it sound like this is okay but they the creators had said she was in development a part of the game for a long time so you want to read about the controversy it's uh it's uh pretty bad if you want the spoiler the problem here is that the creators didn't even think that this might have been racist like they it didn't even cross their mind that's a problem so go read about it do it on your own time i'm here to talk about the trophy i'm not saying it's not important or we shouldn't point this shit out you definitely should but I don't want to go into it anymore. So go read about it. Anyway, so I remember the Platinum of this being kind of a pain in the ass because I didn't... This was kind of before I learned how to streamline getting Platinums, before I learned that you might as well play on the highest difficulty and get all the trophies behind it on difficulty trophy stacking. Uh, stacking, uh, level trophy stacking usually means uh, you play on you know hard, then you get the trophy for beating the game on normal, and you also get the trophy for beating the game on easy, and then beating it on novice or whatever. So when they say trophy stack, that's what they mean. This one did have stacking, but if I'm remembering correctly, you had to beat the game on hard to unlock professional. So even if you did your best, you still had to play through the entire game twice on a very difficult level. 
I do remember beating it on the hardest one, professional, and this is after I'd already beaten it on like regular and hard and super hard. It was like my fourth or fifth playthrough I think I had to get through to do this. And I remember professional, even with all the unlocks, all the powers, all the stuff, it was still no joke. Uh, basically, in the game, if you get downed, your other teammate can come and revive you. But in the professional difficulty, if you didn't have all the perks like a vest or auto healing or stuff like that, I forget, it wasn't auto healing, but it was some something that made you more durable as a character. If you didn't have that, you'd get cut and you'd bleed out in three seconds and there's no way your teammate could come to revive you. There just wasn't enough time. So the only elements really also of the story that I actually remembered was that, and I'm doing some spoilers here. Uh, there will be spoilers for this game. If you want to save it for the other one, leave now. But I do remember that you were Chris or Sheva playing together. It was a co-op heavy game. Uh, I remember that Weskers was the bad villain again, and Jill was in it as well. Jill was kind of like a brainwashed minion of Wesker. I don't remember how that happened. I don't really care. But eventually you rip off the mind control thing on her, and you end up saving her at the end. So it's one of the very few games where you end up saving more main characters than dying, which is kind of cheap because there's really no stakes if all the good people are just going to survive, but it is what it is. So Jill basically comes back into the fold. I don't know. I honestly don't remember six. Um, I don't remember anything about six. I don't know if I even played six. I'll have to go check, but I do remember seven for sure because that was a complete different part of the series, complete different characters, complete different area, first person, seven was great. I'll say it right now. It was great. Hopefully we the podcast exists till we get to that one because it's awesome. Uh, my other takeaways from the story is uh, Chris just looked ridiculous. He looked like uh, there was there was a time in gaming around this era, era uh, where two things were prevalent in any kind of tough guy action games. Uh, first of all, the protagonist, the person you're playing as, is built like uh, the the one of the the guy Yahtzee who does very famous reviews for the Escapist. I think he's left the Escapist now and he's doing it on his own, but he does these great reviews with cartoons. Love him. Shout out to Yahtzee. And he basically explained this phenomena as like a fridge with a head on it. Uh, he says it much more eloquently and with many more swears. He's great. Go check out Yahtzee. But uh, th these characters, these protagonists, being like these tree trunks of ridiculousness that just there's no way you get that kind of physicality unless you're like a Mr. Universe type. And if you're a Mr. Universe type that dedicates your life to body sculpting, you don't have time to be a badass. Uh, I don't, he's not a mercenary, a badass military clear router guy. It's just it's ridiculous. And the, for some reason, they had to make these games. The, the point is, it's a, it's a common on hyper masculinity and how it's fucking ridiculous. Um, then the other character, Sheva, uh, she was great, normal-looking person, very attractive, obviously, but no arguments there with Sheva. She was pretty great. I liked her as a character, and I really hope she comes back. I don't think she's been in any future Resident Evils. Uh, I can't research everything before I just start talking about bullshit. Sorry. You want to leave a, com a question in the YouTube comments, or, or you want to clear this up in the YouTube comments? Knock yourself out. We'll be there. Now, going into the more specific trophies, I, I, tr I looked at the list... I wanted to see uh, some of the trophies that I did get and see if I could remember anything about them. Uh, one of the ones I do remember, one of the ones I do definitely remember is one that's called Egg Hunt. 
And the description was you have to find all four types of eggs. Now, I remember this being a huge pain in the ass because even after three or four, uh, no, two or three playthroughs, I still hadn't found the rotten egg. Uh, there are three different types of eggs that you can get pretty easily. There's the brown egg and the white egg, which there's a bunch of chickens running around the game. Not that it, they're just like background dressing, but they do lay eggs and you can get those and sell them. Uh, the brown and white are pretty common. You'll find a lot of them playing through the game. Uh, they also, there also is a golden egg that can be laid by chickens and they do pop up. They're much more infrequent, but if you play through the full game twice or make any attempt at farming, you're probably going to get a golden egg. The one I remember being a pain in the ass was the rotten egg. I just, I don't know if it was my game, if it was more difficult to find in general, but I had such a hard fucking time trying to get the golden egg, or not the golden egg, the rotten egg, because the rotten egg would only be dropped by zombie enemies that I guess had an egg, then it rotted with them. I don't, there are some chapters you go to that will make it easier to farm, but I remember it taking me forever. Uh, I also did remember, once I read about it, it kind of clicked in, that there was a trick or a glitch you could do uh, by switching players and accounts and stuff where you could basically have an unlimited amount of golden eggs. Uh, why did that matter? Because you could sell it to vendors and you could get like 10k or a, a lot of money for a golden egg. Uh, I don't know if I used it. I probably did just to get over with the game, but that was another thing that was fun. Uh, there was also a bunch of collectibles. Uh, Chris and Sheva work for the B, it may just be Chris, I don't remember, but they both worked for the BSSA, uh, B as in boy, S as in Sam, oh wait, sorry, I completely messed it up, it is the Bioterrorism Security Assessment Alliance, the BSAA, this is who Chris worked for, and, uh, Sheva, apparently, Sheva Alomar is her last name, she also worked for the BSAA. But anyway, the point I'm getting to, there were a shitload of BSAA emblems everywhere that you had to collect. No, you didn't have to collect. You had to shoot them and blow them up, and then that counted as taking them out. Uh, I Or you stab them and destroy them, whatever. This is a very common Resident Evil thing. Uh, you see it in the 2 remake. Might have been in the original 2. It doesn't matter. Yeah, You had other figurines you had to go around and find, and then you had specific treasures that were like idols, jewels, rubies, all kinds of other shit. You had to find all those as well. There were a lot of collectibles in this game. And usually for trophy collecting, I'm not a big fan of getting collectibles because they're usually just a pain in the ass. Like, you know, just a way to extend you playing the game, which I don't really respect out of developers. Uh, some of them are kind of neat and cool, but for the most part, it's just a waste of my time. And... Usually in that case, I'll just play through again on like super easy or whatever or do chapter select. If I can get to a chapter, grab it and exit out and it still counts, I will absolutely do that because it's, you're just checking them off a list at that point. Um, I, I have made myself very clear on the record how much I hated this in like uh, Infamous with the shards where you had no idea if a shard was taken or not. So you had to go to each place and find it. So I have a very not great relationship with collectibles. Some of them are okay if they give you like bonuses and power-ups, but there's also a bunch, uh, I know Resident Evil's bad about this, but there are a bunch of games where you just get like concept art or character models. It's like, I don't give a shit about any of this. So a lot of collectibles. Uh, there were also like a couple of other uh, fun trophies that you would get. Uh, there's one called All Dressed Up, 
where you get all the clothing items. I think these are things you buy in the store and you can get different outfits for your characters. Uh, you can just basically wear them whenever you want within the game or you could put the other character you're not playing as at, in a different outfit. I remember that being interesting. Uh, there was also um, one called Stockpile, which is to get all the weapons, which is a pretty common trophy a lot of games do, but I remember there being a shitload of weapons in this game, and like every upgraded version counted as a weapon, so it was kind of a pain. And this was also a game, like, there are games, and I'm sure you've all seen them, where there's a bunch of different weapons, and then every single person who ever plays the game is like, what's the best loadout? They find the best loadout. Okay, this is the best. And they don't even touch the other ones. That This game is definitely guilty of that. Uh, I do remember it being kind of a pain, but I did eventually get all the weapons, obviously. There's also a trophy that kind of works with that called Take It to the Max, which includes upgrading all the weapons. So you had to find or buy the parts, upgrade them fully. Now, those are the mo that's mostly what I got... Uh, to really reminisce about Resident Evil 5. Uh, the story was not great. Uh, it does the the traditional Resident Evil move, which I've talked about on the podcast before, and most of the games do this. I think maybe 7 doesn't as much, but it's still in there. You'll see. But uh, the, the games, definitely 1 through 4, they start at a basis of reality. Like in Resident Evil 1, you have something weird's going on at a mansion, People are dying in the hills. Go check it out. You go through the mansion. You find zombies. You kill zombies. You keep going. And you have then all of a sudden you have the hunters. Like, this is kind of weird. I guess they were made in a lab. That's strange. Then you go into the lab, and it becomes a different, a completely different game. You're no longer exploring a lab. You're exploring an underground mansion. Uh, two did the exact same thing with an underground lab underneath the police station or wherever it was in the world. Three was pretty much the same area, so that was the same. Uh, four was all kinds of nutso bullshit with, like, a little Napoleon character, which, if you haven't played 4, I know that sounds crazy, and it is. It's bad. I, I can't wait till we do Resident Evil 4 on this, because I I don't remember the story being that good, but so many people loved it. I don't know. We'll have to take a look. That's why we do this, right? Uh, but the point is, just like the other games, 5 starts off in a normal, grounded setting, and then devolves into crazy bullshit. I think at the ending, the boss fight is in a volcano or some bullshit. I, it's stupid. Uh, I do, uh, so just, just a couple final thoughts. I do remember the platinum and getting it being a pain in the ass. I remember it not being fun at all. I, it was a hard time for me, but I, if I'm remembering correctly, it was at the beginning of when I wanted to go for just plat. So, it might have been me just misremembering it. It might have been me doing Platinums down the road that were much more difficult, and then in retrospect, this one looks easy. Uh, it may have been that. I I don't really care enough to look back into it. Uh, I think after all the other ones I've done, uh, some of them being extremely difficult or annoying to do just with games I loved, uh, it just it probably isn't as bad as I remember. Uh, I just remember not liking it that I had to do three or four playthroughs because uh, the story wasn't great. A lot of cutscenes you couldn't fast forward. Um, it, it, yeah, it was the early hunting days. I was still getting my feet wet. I was still learning stuff. Uh, I don't. I certainly don't regret playing it. I mean, there were definitely worse games out there you could be playing, uh, especially at that time, because there were a lot of games. Uh, some of the ones that come to mind, Kane and Lynch 2, uh, what was that series? Army of Two had two different games out there as well. But this was a thing at the time 
because it was a weird transition period with games where people wanted to play online, but they also wanted to play couch co-op. So these games would cater to that by saying, you can do split screen and you can play both on your local console, but if you want... You can also play online with someone else. Borderlands, the original one, brought this in a bit too with split screen and online co-op. Um, co-op and adding it just in general was a good thing, and I'm glad people did it. And I thought it was a good thing that you know two people in the same place can get, grab two controllers, they can play the game, and both enjoy it. Nowadays, you have games like Destiny or The Division 2 or long, drawn-out loot shooters where one game, one console, one person. No, you can't play two people at once. So all in all, it was a weird transition where they were slowly moving us to single player only games so that we would have to buy two different consoles and so on and so forth. But uh, at the time, I don't I don't remember playing through it with anybody, but I remember it being a nice option. Uh, so I don't know. Let's go ahead. Let's land this. I don't remember what, what number this was in the list, but it was one of my earlier plats took over a year to do because I definitely dropped it and went back to other games and then came back to this one. Uh, would I recommend playing it? I think if you're a fan of four, uh, you'll probably like five just as well if you can't get enough of it. But in the realm of it, of all the Resident Evil games, and I'm including one, two, and three as the new updated versions, uh, you could probably skip five. Like I, I see people, I see them doing a remake and a remaster of four because that was a great game a lot of people love, and it was very important for its time. But I don't—I honestly don't see them doing a full graphical remake of 5 at any point. Really. I mean, maybe they just update 7 again and re-release it. And I, I'm not saying of all of them, 5 is the one to skip, because I don't even remember 6 at all. I have no idea who's even in it. But uh, if you get a chance, it's, you know, you like Resident Evil, you want to play co-op with someone else, it, maybe check it out. It's worth it. Uh, so that's all, really, I got to say about Resident Evil 5. I hope you enjoyed the Platinum Dissection ones. If you like them, let me know. If you fucking hate them and can't stand them, let me know. Maybe I'll stop doing them. Who knows? But for now, I'm having fun. Uh, you want to listen to us more, you know where to get the podcast. You can listen to the full episodes where we go over a game each week. Uh, if, if you want to get us on the socials, at Plotty Time on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to send us an email, PlottyTime at gmail.com. 100% guaranteed response rate. And if you want to also check us out on YouTube, that would be very much helpful. If you like and subscribe there, it really helps us out. So that's it. Uh, go get some more trophies. Have fun. I'll talk to you next time. Peace.